Come on, as you come, bring the word. Come on, brother. Amen. Woof. How is everybody this morning? Good. I got a little intimidated when the stage got full of uh, people. It's so good to see all of your families here today and stuff. I believe God has uh, something great he wants to share with all of us this morning. And um, I am just a microphone today for hopefully God to speak to our hearts. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you today. God, I thank you for your spirit and your presence in this place. God, I ask in the next few moments that this human vessel would step aside and that your Holy Spirit would have free course to speak and minister to every heart and life in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I can never pray that prayer without thinking of my, my, my greatest cheerleader, Becca, over here. She knows that prayer by heart. She's been hearing it for the last um, almost seven years. So she uh, always likes to repeat that as I pray. So thank you, Becca. I could hear you out of my ear. Amen. I love, uh, I love Donnie Moore's, Lord, help. Amen. Well, uh, man, I am not fit to speak to you today what God has me to speak, so I please hope that you would hear with your heart and your ears this morning. And uh, pastor's been talking the last couple weeks about the prodigal and the older brother, and um, last week, man, he shared that point about the blind man receiving his sight and then having to change the whole way he viewed his life from then on. And man, that just hit me because so many times we come to God and we experience this moment of freedom, but uh, we really struggle with taking the next step. And I just thought I would piggyback off of what pastor's been preaching on, and hopefully this will encourage or maybe help some of you. It's helped me over the last few weeks. Um, so if you want, you can turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Um, I'm used to just putting it up on the wall, so if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, you can do that. I get going a little too fast, and um, you might not be able to flip your pages quick enough, but don't fear. All the scriptures will be on the wall. Isn't that cool? It just kind of like appears up there. Technology is awesome. So pastor's been talking about living a redeemed life, walking now that your sight has been restored, living as a restored child of God. The first step is always receiving what God has for our lives. And some of you sit in this room today and you've received what God has for your lives. Or maybe there's some of you that sit here today and you've never received God's promise for your life. You've never received that gift or that touch of God. And I believe today there's going to be a moment, a very significant moment in your life today where you have opportunity to receive what God has for you. But I believe the hardest part is step number two is walking it out. And that's not step number two in the PowerPoint guys, but walking it out is the hardest part for me. It's the it's the time where we got to put on those new shoes. It's that time where we got to make some decisions in our life. It's time where, as the blind beggar, he had to choose whether am I going to fall back and continue to beg for my life? Am I going to continue to, to milk people? Or am I going to strap on some new work boots, amen, and, and go and get dirty and, and try and make ends for myself, try and make a means for myself, and try and move on with this victorious life. And I love, Pastor shared this verse last week. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10 says, God planned for us to do good things and to live as he always wanted us to live. That's why he sent Christ to make us what we are. One of the greatest hindrances to the Christian faith to me is believers living at the lowest level of faith and freedom. As I began to listen to pastor talk about just the different scenarios we see in that story between the prodigal son and the older brother, and I really feel like so many times we can all relate to that identity crisis. 
We come into church and we give our lives to Christ and we have such a struggle identifying with who we really are. And I will tell you, I've been in both shoes. I've, I've been the prodigal son in March of 1997. I walked through these doors as a prodigal son and I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ thanks to the prayers of many of the saints that belong to this church family that had prayed and fasted and interceded for my life. I don't deserve a second chance, but for some miraculous reason, God gave me a second chance. I've been that prodigal son, but I've also been the older brother where I've had to sit and watch people get touched by God and see God move in their life, and you sit back and go, they don't deserve that. Who do they think they are? Haven't they done enough wrong? So how do we walk in redemption and forgiveness? Romans chapter 6 and verse number 5 this morning. If you want to turn your Bibles, I don't have an outline. I just hope you brought a pen and and paper. Um, I'm going to make you work this morning as if you were in class. So I know pastor's a lot nicer, and he prints that beautiful piece of paper out for you, and I thought it'd be cool to throw it on the wall, and uh, you guys can keep notes that way. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 5 says, For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Another verse in Romans 6, verse 12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. How many of you know sin is a powerful force against our lives? It's one thing to experience the freedom of God. The Encounter Weekend, every single one of you need to be here for the Encounter Weekend. It is absolutely the most powerful weekend you'll ever experience in your life. But the hardest part is you'll still wake up Monday morning and sin is still going to be there. Amen? In the Encounter Weekend, you're going to learn how to get victory, how to get deliverance, how to be set free from those things that have held you back. And today, I believe I'm just going to give you a taste of what God wants to do. See, God is a freedom God. God is not a God that wants to keep us held down and bound and, and hurting and lowly and broke, but God is a freedom-giving God. John chapter 8 and verse number 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, today, if I could just speak to you for a few moments and give you the ultimate home remedy. How many know that uh, what Pastor was sharing about the placebo effect is so true? I don't know about you guys, but I've had times where I've just thought good and things changed. How many know I, I've taken something that somebody told me was going to work, and, and it worked? But yet I, I stop and I go, wait a minute. Was it really that, or was it my mind? And how I, Dana and I were sharing, talking the other night, and she came across this article. It says over 70% of Americans today are on some form of prescription drug. Over 70% are on some form of prescription drug. That means that there's probably, yeah, at least 70 of you in this room, if not 140 of you in this room, have some form of prescription drug in your medicine cabinet today. With over 70% of Americans on some form of prescription drug, we're being trained to think that medicine is the cure. I will tell you this morning that it's just a mask. It is not the true freedom that God has for your life. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 22 through 24, I'm going to read the King James, and then I'm going to read this passage through the... Um, contemporary English version that just fires me up, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, 
which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I love this translation. You were told that your foolish desires will destroy you and that you must give up your old way of life with all of its bad habits. I should read that one more time. You should give up your old way of life and all its bad habits. Let the Spirit change your way of thinking and make you into a new person. You were created to be like God, and so you must please Him and truly be holy. So how do we put on this new person this morning? I'm going to give you four steps to walk in this new freedom. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I've been implementing this in my life, and I have seen great freedom. I've seen great transformation in my heart. I've seen great promise of God. I've seen provision of God, and, and so I just want to share this with you this morning. Step number one is you must open your mouth. Simple enough, right? If you're taking notes this morning, open your mouth. If you don't have a piece of paper or pen, use your neighbor's arm. Use the back of their head if they're bald like me. Whatever you need to do. But get these this morning. This is going to change your life forever. Joe said that you can write on the top of his head. He's got a lot of space on top there. And uh, Joey, you are looking fly this morning, bro. Man, looking good, Joey. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 20. Andrew, you're looking all right, too. Looking good, buddy. Look at those guys, man. They outdressed me this morning. Suit, tie, looking fly. Man, looking good. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 20. And I'm not going to read the whole story for sake of time, but uh, I'm going to condense it down. And verse 20 says, they told the officials, these Jews are upsetting our city. They're telling us to do things we Romans are not allowed to do. The crowd joined in the attack on Paul and Silas. Then the officials tore the clothes off the two men and ordered them to be beaten with a whip. All they are is sharing the good news, sharing freedom, proclaiming the good news of the gospel, and their city begins to be turned upside down. After they had been badly beaten, they were put in jail, and the jailer was told to guard them carefully. The jailer did as he told. How many of you guys think you got it bad sometimes? How many of you think that your life is, is just horrible sometimes? Just be real for a minute. I like class participation. I don't know about you guys. It just helps me connect and make sure I'm not talking to like people that would rather be home taking a nap, but you're here to get something from God. But uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've been in moments where I feel like this really is not good. This is really horrible. This is not the, the path that I desire for my life. But I can tell you that nothing compares to the prison that these men were about to be thrown into. They are not prisons like today, right, Eli? They are not the places where, where we think this is not. They don't have satellite. They don't have better health care than you and I. They don't have better dental care. They don't. Anyways. <laughs> you guys like it when I roll on them. He put them deep inside the jail and chained their feet to heavy blocks of wood. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God. Say, what? I don't know about you, but I've never been to one of these prisons, but I've heard that these are not a place of party, celebration. These are not places that you go to have a good time. And something within Paul and Silas began to rise up as they sat in this prison. They had a choice like every single one of us sitting in this room today. They, they, they could sit back and go, poor me. Somebody feels sorry for me. Somebody needs, needs to know how bad my situation is. You don't know how hard it is. I don't think any of us have ever been in a situation like Paul and Silas. But something began to rise up 
on the inside of them. And as they were praying and singing praises to God, while the other prisoners sat back and listened. They were their own chorus. They were their own melody. I was out on the porch this morning praying for service, and, and this song came on, and I had my headphones in, and, man, I just began to sing, and I began to praise, and all of a sudden the birds began to fly away. The foxes ran away. The kids inside were looking out the window laughing at me. I'm just like, but you know what? I'm singing, and I'm praising God, and I'm thanking him for the victory, amen, all by myself. But as suddenly a strong earthquake shook and the jail to its foundations, the doors were open and the chains fell from all the prisoners. The only way Paul and Silas were set free from the prison was to worship their way out. Some of you sit here today, and I will tell you, you feel like you're in your own prison. You feel bound to these chains. You feel bound to these blocks of wood. You feel like there is no way out. But I want to ask you today, are you willing to open your mouth? Are you willing to take that step to begin to sing praises to God? See, many of us have experienced great freedom, yet it seems as if it doesn't last. As long as I am bound in my own prison, freedom never rings forth from my voice. See, some feel as if this will be my life sentence. I talk to people all the time, believers, and, and they're so easy to accept bondage. They're so easy to so quick to accept this, this chain on their life. They're so quick to accept these weights that hold us down and, and hinder us from the true freedom that God ordained for our lives. I want to submit a thought to you today. If worshiping Jesus is powerful enough to tear down natural prison walls, what in the world will it accomplish in the spiritual realm of our lives? If worshiping God and our Savior is powerful enough to bring down prison walls. What in the world is it going to accomplish in our lives? See, many of us sit here today and we wonder, what would it do in our kids? What would it do in our marriages, our friendships, our jobs, and our communities? See, you can't praise God and delight in sin. You cannot sit back and praise God and continue in sin. You can't praise God and stay bound in fear. Glad one person agrees. You can't praise God and doubt his eternal promises. Let me say those all again because you guys, I think, are having a hard time believing this. You can't praise God and delight in sin. You can't praise God and live in fear. You can't praise God and doubt his promises. But so many times we're so quick to accept God, I guess this is just the way it's going to be. God, I guess you love pastor more. You love this person more. God, they're more special in your eyes. Or God, why don't I deserve what they have? God, why, why, why? Instead of saying, God, I thank you for my kids right now. God, I just praise you that you gave me the opportunity to be a father, a parent to my children. And God, it may not look like what it's supposed to look like. It may not feel like what it should feel like. But God, I just praise you for my children today. God, and I thank you for my spouse. I know that they don't walk with me today. I know that they don't believe what I believe today. I know that we think it's on the rocks. But God, I thank you I stand here today. And I thank you for my spouse. I thank you for what you're going to do with our marriage. See, Christ's blood was shed for your victory and your freedom. Never belittle the cause of Christ because of your momentary weakness. So many times we sit back and we accept fear too much. I hate walking through this building when it's dark. 
I tell the kids all the time, man, I was, I was a little kid, and I would watch those stupid movies. And I haven't watched a scary movie in, I don't know, it's been a long, long time, 20-plus years. And I walk through this building, and this is proof that this is just a warehouse, because this should be like a holy temple. I mean, you should walk in when nobody's here, and you should feel the glory of God and all of his goodness. But I will tell you, when you guys aren't all here worshiping God, it's just walls, and it's just a steel building. And there, it's just like, until you know, we turn on some music, and we start praising God, and we're in the presence of God. Amen? But there's times where I've had to walk through here. The lights are out. And I want to tell you, man, fear just grips on me, man. I feel like somebody's chasing me through this room. And I'm just like, get me out of here. I've had to go up to pastor's office and do something. And lights, I'm like, turn on all the lights. I'm like, I'm not going. It's like, why? But, but that's a silly reason. But how many know what I'm talking about? Fear is so quick to grip our lives. And I got to stop as I'm walking through here sometimes. God, I think you've given me not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And Freddy Krueger ain't chasing me in this room. Amen. God, I, I thank you as I'm driving to work today. I can drive over this bridge and it ain't going to fall. God, I thank you that my house is safe. Thank you that my children are safe. When I drop them off at school, I don't have to worry. But we, we sit and we, we take our kids and we're like, God, what's going to happen to them today? God, what's going to happen at work today? We walk and we live in this fear. When God asks us, will you open your mouth and praise me? Step number two, get Joe's bald head, lock the door. I can only say that joke because I always say that about mine. Thanks, bro. You got to lock the door. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 43 says, When an evil spirit leaves a person, it travels through the desert looking for a place to rest. But when the demon doesn't find a place, it says, I will go back to the home I left. When it gets there and finds the place empty, clean and all fixed up, it goes off. He doesn't come in. He goes off, and he invites all of his friends. I'm paraphrasing. and says, let's go have a party at so-and-so's house. They all come and make their home there, and the person ends up in worse shape than they were before. You want to talk about how to live in freedom. Some of you sit here today, and you need to learn to lock the door. You need to, I, I can tell you that when God set me free that morning on March 1997, that I had to make a choice. I could either leave some doors open, leave some friends in my life. I, oh man, they were constantly knocking at my front door. I moved 1,200 miles away from drugs, from partying, from incorrupt or corrupt living, whatever you want to call it. And I can tell you that they showed up on my doorstep here knocking saying let me in let's have a good time the house is all clean the parents are gone for the weekend let's have a good time and i had to make a choice am i gonna lock the door or am i gonna invite the party back in you want to live in freedom you got to learn to lock the door the enemy returns many times to reoccupy if i fill that space with the spirit of god there is no vacancy why is it so important for you to open your mouth? You cannot open your mouth and sing praises to God and leave the door unlocked. When I begin to praise God, I'm putting the lock on the door. When I begin to sing his praises, I'm locking that door. When I begin to fill my spirit with the power and presence of God, I'm locking the door. The enemy, yeah, he comes knocking, but I've made a choice. I'm going to praise God. I'm not going to let the party back in. 
See, there's a shift that must take place in your heart this morning that seals the deal. There must be a moment where you don't wonder or doubt anymore. See, there's going to be a moment, I believe today, of declaration, of celebration, of victory. But I'm going to tell you, as much as you celebrate, as much as you dance, as much as you shout, worship was awesome this morning. Maybe it was Dave's just beautiful shirt, man. He looks so fly this morning. I just felt the pre- I mean, it was, the presence of God was so good. But I can tell you, the minute I walk out these doors and I get to my house, my kids are going to be my kids. My wife's going to be my wife. That sounds bad, but I mean it in a good way. <laughs> my dog is going to be my dog. I had, I had to put this fence up, and I'm just like, I'm setting him up to like frustrate me because I put up this temporary little fence. I'm just like, man, is he going to knock this over and get out? You know, I set myself up for a frustrating moment. Hopefully not, right? Life's going to happen the minute we walk out of these doors. Fear's going to try and grip you. Frustration, anger, bitterness is going to try and grip your life. Temptation is going to try and grip your life. If you don't go home and and cleanse some things, it's going to come back. Step number three this morning. you got to fight with all your heart. If you want to live in freedom, you got to fight with all your heart. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel exhausted. I'm just like, why do I feel so tired? But then I start thinking about all the stuff that's coming against me. It's like, no wonder I'm tired. No wonder I just want to, like, pass out in the chair. No wonder I just want to surrender sometimes. But I can tell you in those moments where I feel like surrendering are the very moments that the enemy's knocking on the door. He's saying, let me in. Let me in. I can tell you today that the fight can only come from your heart. I can, I can cheer you on. Pastor, it gets us fired up every week. But how many of you guys realize Monday morning comes way too soon? I'm going to read this passage of scripture to you today, and I believe God's going to set somebody free this morning. And I'm going to start kind of in the middle of the story, and if you want to take time to go back and read it, you can. 2 Kings chapter 13 this morning in verse number 15. Here we find uh, Elisha, the prophet, at the end of his days. And he meets up with this wicked king. Just godless, just no. But there's still something rising up in Elisha. And he said unto the king, take the bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, put thy hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha laid his hands upon the king's hand. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, Jehovah's arrow of victory, even the arrow of victory over Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. And he said, now take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite the ground. And he smote the ground three times and stayed. And the man of God was angry. It's like, stop, pause, calmly meditate. The prophet just told him to strike the ground. He didn't say how many times to strike the ground. He didn't tell him, I want you to do it X amount of times. He just told his king, smite the ground. Elisha turned 
And the man of God was angry, and he said, Thou should have smitten the ground five or six times. Thou hast smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria three times. Before you understand the severity of the story, you need to understand in the, back then, they didn't fight an army one time. They didn't go to battle once and get the victory and it was all over. They would send waves of battle. They would send waves of armies against them. And Elisha, the prophet, knew this. And Elisha was setting up this king. How much victory do you want in your life? How victorious do you want to be? And I believe this king, perhaps, he smote three times very coldly because he thought it was a silly thing, that it looked idle and childless for a king to beat the floor with his arrows. And some of you sit here today and you say, that's childish, Sean. I don't think I know what you're talking about. I don't agree with you. I don't know why you want me to sing praises on the porch and everybody's laughing at me. That's a, people are going to make a mockery of me. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to pick on me. They're going to say I can't sing, which they do. But three times was often enough for him to play the fool merely to please the prophet. Here this king is like, you know what, prophet? Fine. I'll, I'll smite the ground, make you happy so you leave me alone. The prophet rose up and was angry. I believe this morning this king could be like many of us today. God, you got one shot or even to the extent of whatever, God. I'm doing this knowing it won't work. The reason you don't walk in victory is because you strike one time, maybe twice, and if we're lucky today, you're going to hit the ground three times. And, I th and then we think that's enough for the rest of our lives. But I'm going to submit to you today that if you want to walk in victory, if you want to experience what God has for your life, you got to open your mouth, you got to lock the door, and you better start fighting with all your heart because that prophet, I believe he was declaring something for today. You're not going to fight one time. You're not going to fight twice. That enemy is going to knock at your door till the day you die, and as a body of people, you better rise up, and you begin to strike the ground, and you begin to fight the enemy, and you begin to praise your way through victory. What victory awaits your endurance? See, your life must be a continual routine of striking the enemy and worshiping your way through life. It's time to pound your way into the promise that God has for your life. I'm so tired of watching people cycle through and go through ups and downs. And so many times we come and I just need somebody to pray for me. I just need to, Pastor, give me that altar call. Pastor, give me, let me just have somebody pray for me. And, I, and that's good and that's awesome. But I believe this morning that God is saying it's time for my people to rise up and begin to strike the ground, begin to fight with victory, and begin to rise up and be the men and women of God that I've called them to be. You have to rid your life of every form of ungodliness. My last step for you today is the band comes back. Step number four, you need to walk in victory. You need to walk in victory. It's not enough to just sing praises. It's not enough to just lock the door. You got to fight and you got to walk it out. Why do I got to walk this thing out? Why do I fight every day? Why do I wake up every morning and choose to pick up my sword? Why do I choose every morning to sing his praises? Why do I choose every morning to spend time in the word of God? Why do I put this sword on my life? You can't be content to just survive. God has called his people to turn this world upside down. 
Acts chapter 17 and verse 6, and we don't have time this morning. But the disciples, as they went out, they turned the world upside down. My heart is so moved right now because I see what is taking place in our culture, in our cities, and in our schools. We can't be content to just survive. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse number 9 through 11. He's promised us a land. The Lord has driven out from before you great nations and strong, but as for you, no man has been able to stand before you this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he is that fighteth for you. He has promised you. Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves that you love the Lord your God. God has promised us a land. He declares the nations will be in our hands. Revelations chapter 2 and verse number 26. There are so many times I don't feel like praising God. There's so many times where I sit back and I go, man, somebody just please feel sorry for me. God, God, what am I going through right now? God, I'm not worthy to, to stand on this stage. God, I'm not worthy to preach your gospel. God, I'm not worthy to lay my hands on the sick. God, I'm not worthy to even be called a child of God. Those are the things that come in my mind. I don't know what you face, but those are the things that, God, that, that I battle with in my life. There's mornings where I don't feel like praising God. There's times where I don't feel like da- dancing like David danced. I can't dance. I can't sing. I am, hor- I am the stiffest dancer. Why are you not in your head, Father? He's just like... You guys can start anytime. Because I'm going to dance and I'm going to praise. And if you guys don't help me, it's going to be really ugly. They're going to be loud so that when I start singing, you don't even hear me. See, there are times where I don't feel like praising God. There's times where I don't feel like dancing like David danced. And too many times I settle for defeat. But I'm telling you today that it is no longer an option in my life. I don't know why you sit here today, but I come into the house of God because I want to live a victorious life. I don't want to be bound. I don't want to be a blind beggar for the rest of my life. I don't want to be bent over with an issue of blood. I don't want to be the one that everybody feels sorry for. I want to be the deliverer of God's message in the earth today. Come on. You got to begin to shout. You got to begin to praise God. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 18 says, The Lord's Spirit has come on me because He has chosen me to tell the good news to the poor. The Lord has sent me to announce freedom to the prisoners, to give sight to the blind, and to free everyone. Free everyone who suffers. Come on. Once you experience freedom and you learn to live in it, your life begins to change everybody around you. I don't know why you're here this morning, but I believe God wants to shake you this morning. I believe he's saying, are you willing to open your mouth? Are you willing to dance like David danced? Are you willing to praise God no matter what the situation is? Are you willing to say enough is enough and I'm going to fight and I'm going to war and I'm going to be victorious because there is a land that you've called me to conquer. There's a land that you've called me to possess and there are people in my life that need the healing power of God. I'm spitting all over the place this morning that you are called to lay your hands on the sick. You are called to pray for those that have blind eyes. Come on, begin to praise him. Let's do it in the house of God this morning. The 
Come on, praise him like you've never praised him before. You guys are standing there like me. Come on, you can dance, you can praise, you begin to sing, you begin to shout. Come on, it's time to get free in the house of God this morning. Some of you, you just stand there. And you're just like, man, what's going on in this church today? You're just like, I don't know what's happening right now. These people are crazy. That bad man is sweating. He doesn't know what he's doing. Woo! on if you need victory in your life this morning maybe you come to the house of god and you're like what is going on but there's something burning on the inside of your heart if the elders would come up we're going to pray for you we're going to lay our hands on you if you've never received jesus as the lord of your life if you want a savior to redeem you to set you free from that prison of your life i'm going to tell you today that there is a, a spirit of god in this place to set the captives free if that's you today Please come forward. Let us pray for you this morning.